This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. A free-for-all Friday. You're asking to hear something I don't want to say. But if I do say it, I think you ought to hear it. You got anything on your chest besides your chin, you better get it off. All right, then you asked for it. Yes, we did. So lay it on us. Free-for-all Friday means you set the tone. Sitting in for Libby Snymer, here is Bob Comsick. And good afternoon. Chris Ross just ran down the list, if you will. Ukraine, COVID, two years in the books now. Gasoline prices, clocks bringing ahead, an hour on Sunday. So where would you care to start? 416-360-0740. Toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Now, one of the things that's been on the minds of many, not just within earshot, but obviously around the world, Russia's further invasion into Ukraine. If you have family back home, are you in touch? How are they doing? Have they fled like so many have? If so, where are they? Do you feel the economic sanctions that this country and the rest of the West have imposed are sufficient to get Vladimir Putin to retreat? The hope is, of course, that this all ends soon, but... What does your gut tell you? Will this go on for how long? How do you see it ending? What will it take to end it? And once it's over, do you see NATO adding Ukraine? Plenty of questions there. I would like you to provide some of your thoughts, some of your answers to generate a conversation that we can have. Because after all, as Libby always says, free for all Friday, this is the day of the week that you get to pick the subject. Maybe you'd like to veer off of Ukraine for a while and there's something else that's top of mind for you. Give us a call at 416-360-0740. Toll free 1-866-744-740. And after all, for this to be a conversation, it takes two. And so far, you've got a monologue. And uh, I think it would be much more interesting if you were to uh, to join me. And then maybe we can have some others join in. And it's uh, always better to uh, to go about things that way on Free For All Friday. Again, give us a call. The phones are silent. Steve Hattie is waiting by the phone to punch you in so that we can have a conversation. So it's 416-360-0740, 1-866-744-740. You don't want me to keep repeating these numbers for the next no, 53, two minutes. No, no, you don't. No, you don't. So come on, give us a call. Ukraine, if not that, how about as we start year three of COVID? Mass mandates are all set to lift in 10 days. Are you okay with that? If so, why? If not, are you going to keep wearing one whenever you go out? Or are you going to be selective? Meaning depends where you go. Aha, there we go. I know if you if you shake enough uh, shake enough trees, you're gonna you're gonna get some rustling. So uh, I think we're going to go to we're we're still waiting to see who we might have. See some lights here on our 
monitor, but as yet, I think we're going to begin with uh, John in Brampton. John, good afternoon. He's the winner because... Hi, John. Go, no, no, no. At, hang on. Hang on. Yeah, we, we, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't hear you till, till just now, so if you want to... He's lying that he, he, he wasn't on no edge of doing what, what he did right now, and I mean... So I don't know what kind of negotiation that the, the okay. I think we are you there, John? I think we might have lost you. You're looks like we've uh, looks like we've lost you. Maybe uh, someone wants to pick up about uh, the negotiations if you really think there are negotiations taking place between the two, or if it's uh, merely merely for show, especially on, on, on the Russians' part and your take on that. Now, in addition to, to Ukraine, we also started mentioning about COVID and the fact that in 10 days, the mass mandates are set to lift and uh, how you plan on approaching life once, once that happens. And how do you intend to navigate, generally speaking, whether it's the mass mandates or, or what have you, and once this pandemic turns into an endemic? We're not there yet. The experts keep telling us that uh, we're, we're working our way toward that. We're just not there yet. And the fact we've got March break here now upon us, are you going to be traveling? Are you okay with that? Are you comfortable doing so? Or... Is COVID keeping you grounded and close to home just a while longer? 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Let's go to Kelvin in Stouffville. No, we don't have, uh, there we go. Kelvin, you there? Yes. Go ahead. Thanks for calling. You're quite welcome. Um, I don't have any connection to Ukraine at all, but um, uh, I've been off work the last couple of weeks, um, and I've been watching it 24-7 on CNN and the various uh, different uh, news networks. And I just feel like we've been given a front row seat to the execution, well, the torture and execution of an innocent party, and all we're doing is providing a last meal and not even doing a good job at that. I just think that uh, we've offered up Ukraine as a sacrificial lamb. And, you know, personally, I think we need to do a lot more. And uh, my own freedom and security is, is meaningless if it comes at the expense of an independent country of 44 million. So I think we need to pressure the government. I mean, Putin is a, is a modern-day Hitler. We always say, never again. I keep hearing that. But yet we keep allowing it. And we need to stop. Uh, the, the Western leaders is basically just said that we're afraid of him or afraid of what he might do, you know? So if you don't do anything now, get ready for a lot more of this nonsense in the near future. So we have the power to stop it. We're not doing enough to stop it. And I think that makes us an accomplice. Kelvin, what is one or two things? What are one or two things you think that is in your mind, clearly something that should be done if it, you know, if it shouldn't have been done already and uh, that still has to be done in your mind in order to ensure that hopefully this ends a lot sooner than later and that some lives, many lives, can still be saved. Well, I think that all options should have been on the table even before the invasion. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not much of a poker player, but even if I was, I think that 
you don't tell your opponents what you're going to do before you know you're going to do it or before their their move. So we said the you know the West NATO uh, Biden said you know we're not going to get involved before it happened. That was a green light for Putin. Just do whatever he wanted. So I think all options should have been on the table. And when he said something about the, you know, uh, a veiled threat about the nukes, I think that Biden should have said, well, what took you so long? My finger's been on the button the whole time. We've been watching you build up your troops. Do you think, it, uh, you think Russia it, only understands force? It's the only thing they understand. I mean, the sanctions, yeah, they're, they're putting pressure on and a complete economic embargo might help, but I don't think it's going to bring around the desired result. You got to get in there. We got to get in there uh, with whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. And I think that the more people who are willing to risk their lives and risk everything, the less people are going to die. But if we just cower, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking as a seven-year Canadian Forces veteran, so maybe my uh, view is a little skewed. But it, it uh, doesn't matter. I, it's your view, and that's what we want to hear on, especially on a day of the week like this, which is free for all Friday. So there's no need for you to. Uh, I'm not saying apologize, but clearly, it comes from an inter interesting perspective given your background. So, and that's appreciated. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what about as far as a, a lot of people I, I know throughout the course of the the past couple of weeks have been asking how the Russians didn't want to have the possibility of the door left ajar for Ukraine to possibly join NATO. Should they, in your view, have been allowed, should be allowed now? Do you think they will be allowed? What do you think? I think they should have fast-tracked EU and NATO membership um, when Crimea was annexed. And And if so, we might not have been in this position now. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I, I've heard some comments, you know, through uh, various people on CNN and and, uh, and such that say that, you know, it's unlikely that they would get NATO membership and in the future. I, I don't understand why. I, I don't know enough about it to really comment, but I, uh, I've heard that and I don't understand why that would be an issue. And I think at this point, our goal should be complete and utter regime change in Russia and, uh, you know, war has a way of making our enemies our friends. And I think that should be our goal. We have so much in common that, uh, you know, we should, our goal should be to get Russia into the fold of Western nations so that we can all face off against China, because I think long term, that's the real issue. Yeah. And uh, just wondering, um, you know, they, you know, speaking from an economic standpoint, uh, if it uh, really makes sense for for China to even contemplate getting involved or simply just stay on the sidelines and let uh, the rest of the world and uh, Russia sort uh, sort this out and again, hopefully before many more lives can be lost. Anyway, Kelvin, thank you very much for your uh, for your time and for your thoughts. Appreciate it. You have yourself a good weekend. Thank you, and uh, thanks for taking my call. Hopefully I didn't sound like too much of a radical. <laughs> no, no. Again, you, you're entitled to your view, and uh, it's yours, and uh, that's why there are platforms such as this for you to express it. Never never apologize. Great. Thank you. Keep up the right. work. All right. Thank you very much. Brenda in Vineland, I think you're going to be asking a question that Kelvin sort of touched on there, saying he doesn't understand why... 
Ukraine was uh, has not been allowed into NATO. Is that uh, top of mind for you? It, it sure is. Calvin took the words out of my mouth. I, I don't understand that. And, you know, it would be make such sense if they just took them in and protect them and protected the Ukraine. Like, what is the hold up here? Yeah, I mean, we keep hearing from the West saying, we'll do what we can to support you yet. They're sort of on the outside knocking at the door, but no one's uh, no, one's, no one's opening up the deadbolt to uh, to let them in. Yeah, it's I, it's one I do not profess to have the answer to and nor why that is the case and why it it hasn't happened. Right. And do you feel that's one of the ways that uh, one of the measures that need to happen for this to end? Or are you concerned that given the fact that Russia, meaning Putin, has expressed their concern about that happening, that it could actually ratchet up things and make well, things worse? I also hear what Kelvin said, that Putin responds to force. In other words, calling his bluff. If we if we could get Ukraine into NATO, and then the full force comes against Putin. Yeah, I, I hear you. World War Three. We all fear that. But I, you know, there's the hope and prayer that um, Putin will back down. Mm-hmm. What's going to stop him unless force will stop him? And I totally agree with what Kelvin said. That down the road. China is the real enemy here, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'd have to see. Let's let's not put things before the. Uh, let's not get too no, far ahead of far ourselves. Down the road. We got enough on our hands now. Uh, yeah, exactly. Just the you. the immediate future and what those uh, poor people are the unimaginable conditions under which uh, they're having to now literally fend for themselves and for their for their lives with so many, what, two and a half million that have fled into neighboring countries. You've got maybe another couple million that have been displaced. That's right. And uh, innocent people, innocent people whose lives have been forever changed. And why? mm -hmm. You know, because of the mindset of um, of a, in a sense, a deranged man. Mm -hmm. Okay, very good, Brenda. Appreciate it. I know it's not a not a topic that's pleasant to discuss, but after all, it it too is reality, and it's uh, something that uh, you know. In order to get to the bottom of it, things have to be discussed. Things have to be done. And uh, thank you both so far for for being part of it. Roger and Caledon. Good afternoon. Welcome to uh, Fight Back here with uh, Libby Snyder, Bob Comsican for Libby this afternoon. Free for all Friday. Welcome, Roger. Hi. Um... <clears throat> My comments, first of all, I agree with uh, the previous two callers, <clears throat> but honestly, uh, it, the, the comment I want to make is, and it really annoys me just to have to say this, but when we saw 100,000 troops surrounding Ukraine, why did we not doing, start doing sanctions at that point? Because clearly we knew this was going to come. So had we started sanctions before the bloodshed, maybe we could have avoided it. I just don't understand why. And this isn't just in war. This is in life in general. We always have to wait until there's bloodshed before we act. And I just, I, for, the, I, for the life of me, it's just, 
it drives me crazy when we see this. And I don't know if you're thinking the the same same thing. I'm just. I have thoughts going through my head as I hear you and, and, and Brenda and Kelvin and, and others discuss this, and I'm thinking to myself, well, then, why are we doing this in a drip, drip, drip mentality in terms of right. sanctions with more being announced today? It's almost like today's sanctions are like, I mean, if, yeah. if, if they're using force, literally, and lethal force. I don't know if we, to what extent, uh, we can go there for them because then it does become a, a, truly a, a world war. But I think we. Are you there, Roger? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. But I'm thinking to myself, maybe something short of that should have been done, as you said, a long time ago. And uh, there were there were all the signs there with these yeah. musings from from Putin for for weeks. Who's to say that they weren't working on things that they were, I don't know if they were just waiting to see. Might he do it? Could he do it? Is well, this clearly they were waiting because as soon as they did, within days, they started sanctioning. So they were waiting, obviously. Yeah, versus uh, acting immediately soon as, uh, you know, the the action started by the Russians, things should yeah, have been done. Yeah, when you have 100,000 troops, you know what's coming. This isn't an exercise. This is clearly, uh, you know. But the other comment also I want to make before I let you go real quick is I'm, I'm just tired of hearing about the price hike because like these previous two other calls, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a driver. I, I drive 80,000 kilometers plus a year. So I feel it hard on the pocketbook. I am an average Canadian citizen. I don't, I don't, I don't make, I, I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't have an excessive bank account, but I am honestly, I'm willing to pay $3 a liter if it, if it could prevent this bloodshed. Like this is paying $3 a liter means nothing to the lives that are being lost right now. As we speak right now, we're losing lives. And it, it just disgusts me that people are more concerned about a, a price hike of, of double, doubling gas, which is considerable. I understand that, but we have, there's a bigger picture here. There's a war going on. There's a reason there's a price hike, mm -hmm. you know, so I, that just bothers me as well. Okay, Roger, appreciate your call, your thoughts. Uh, thank you. Be safe and uh, have a nice weekend. All right. Thanks very much. You too. Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate that. Okay. You're more than welcome. Bob Comsick sitting in for, bye for now, Roger. Bob Comsick sitting in for Libby's Nimer. You are listening to Fight Back and Free For All Friday here on Zoomer Radio AM 740, 96.7 FM downtown and more coming up after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight back with Libby Snymer. When one considers the meaning of life, it is a struggle between alternative viewpoints of life itself. A free-for-all Friday. And without the ability to defend one's own viewpoint against other, perhaps more aggressive ideologies, then reasonableness and moderation could quite simply disappear. Name your topic and be as deep as you like, as long as there's a point in there somewhere. Sitting in for Libby Snymer, here is Bob Comsick. There we go. Welcome back. And let's begin with Jay in Kitchener. Jay, welcome. Sir, I just wanted to, I don't mean to make light of anybody else's uh, concerns, but I'm just so happy to have baseball back. Yep. April 7th is when the uh, season is to begin. So you're right. Because uh, there's so much else going on that we can't do much about. 
and I'm a person that is, is legally blind and in a wheelchair and deals with a variety of other personal circumstances, and the sports takes my mind off it. I'm sorry to bother you. But. No, 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 that's uh, totally okay. As we say, this is the day of the week that you out there make the call, and you've done so, and, well, uh, get set a uh, couple more weeks or so, and uh, your enjoyment will return. So and I can't use a computer or a cell phone, so thank you for talk radio. Okay, thank you for listening, and thank you for taking part, Jay. Appreciate that. Bill in Toronto, welcome. Hey, Bob, how are you? Doing well, how are you? Good, thanks. And where would you care to go with what topic? I wanted to go with the banking, but I just wanted to interject something at the beginning. Your, one of your previous callers said he'd be willing to pay $3 a liter for, for gas. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, therein lays the problem with, uh, with Biden and Trudeau and Angela Merkel, too. All their green energy and, uh, you know, stopping fracking, stopping building pipelines. Let's face it, Germany, Europe, uh, our energy policies, they're funding Putin. They're the ones that are fueling. They're the ones that are putting cash in his pocket to fight this war. So, you know, they've come home to roost, as they say. But that's not why I called in. I called in because of the banking and and the government being able to seize accounts. I I contacted my bank. I did it twice, and I escalated two different uh, complaints about seizing the funds. Mm -hmm. So... I went through the the complaint process at the bank, which really took like a couple of days. And they basically turned around and said, yes, if the government says seize your funds without a court order, they will take them. And if the government gave them some discretionary rules, if you see A, B, and C, it's at your discretion, seize the funds. And they they basically confirmed that those facts are true. So my next step was to go to the Banking Ombudsman of Canada which is basically a collection of the big banks and hiring out a third party to, you know, overlook, oversee an issue. So I went to them, I put in a complaint, I had to phone back. So I phoned back, phoned back, phoned back. I didn't get in. And so I ended up leaving a message after getting frustrated. And I was probably a little bit aggressive with it. And they basically sent me back an email saying, if you're going to be aggressive like that, we just won't deal with your complaint. So I'm sitting here looking at it. I'm thinking, if they seize my funds, basically, I can't survive. And the banks, one of the major banks in Canada, confirmed the government can just take them arbitrarily or they can give them the power to arbitrarily seize my funds. And I think this is something we should all be knowledgeable about, be very concerned about. That doesn't sound like a good situation. Now, what brought this on for you to take on this, I don't want to call it a project to make light of it, and I'm not. Is it something personally that's happened, or was it because of the trucker uh, freedom convoy protest up in Ottawa, which seemed to shed a little bit of light on this when the Emergencies Act was uh, invoked there for a short time. Is that what kind of got you thinking? Well, it's, I don't think it, these haven't. The Emergencies Act may be over, but these issues aren't over, to my understanding. They can still seize your funds. This is this is not going to change. And what concerns me is, I'm getting ready to retire, and I've got some pensions coming in, and basically I'm going to supplement my income from my lifelong savings and investments. And the thought of a bank being able to seize my accounts, 
and lead me high and dry so I can't, you know, I can't pay my bills, I can't buy food uh, because of some arbitrary person in the bank or because somebody, the Liberal government, decides they don't like something I do. You know, I, I'm fine. You go to court and get a court order and do it legally. Well, that's one thing. But to give yourself the power to do that, that's, you know, I mean, that's almost Putinish, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, definitely troubling to think that, uh, you know, a, a move can be arbitrarily made that way to decide your, you know, financial uh, future and, well, liter- and literally your life. I think people should actually be very concerned about this because, you know, you get on that slippery slope, you know, something you never thought could happen. And you know where these things tend to to creep up on you. It's like a slow boil on a frog. So, you know, I'd be very concerned about it. I'm looking at options, what I can do to get my money, distance it from the government. And what? Remove... uh you know, from the financial institution and... Uh, get it up, yeah, get it out of Canadian financial institutions. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm no big-time investor, but, uh, you know, if you can move it offshore, you can move it down into the States and put it with some institution down there that has no legal, is not legally bound by the Canadian government. And honestly, if you do a little bit of research on this, you'll find out a lot of people are actually starting to look around. Uh, there's, there's been a bit of uh, a bit of a run on the banks with this. So, or maybe even if you have a financial planner, I, I take it uh, you uh, you do. And if it's something that maybe has come up in conversation with him or her, or something it might bring up. Oh yeah, there's definitely. Uh, I'm exploring options. Uh, you know, one of them was the Bitcoin, but I, I don't think I really want to go there. But there's uh, no, it's something we uh, we either have to put a hard stop on it or either uh, take take action to protect ourselves. Anyway, uh, Bill in Toronto, thank you so much for uh, you know giving us your view on things there as far as the potential freezing of assets by the banks and depending on how this goes for you, whether it's uh, with Libby or or Jane on a free-for-all Friday or maybe if this should uh, come up at some point during the course of the week and become a subject, feel free to to, to call and uh, and share your, your, your story again. All right. Thanks so much, Bill. Thank you. There goes Bill Rocky in Richmond Hill. Welcome to Free For All Hi, Friday Bob. here, Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Hi there, Rocky. What would you care to discuss? So I just wanted to talk about uh, Canadian oil and natural gas and how it could help um, not only our standard of living and our economy, but the rest of the world. Okay. I mean, from what I understand, uh, we have the, um, the cleanest um, technology to extract the, these resources. Um, and uh, and so there's no need to be getting it from Saudi Arabia or, or Venezuela or even Russia, for that matter. Um, so if we actually had the pipelines in place, we could actually sell this stuff at, at the world market instead of selling it to the States for, for half the cost. Now, with that money that we take in, we could help build the infrastructure for our you know future electrical uh, electric vehicles because we don't have that now. We can't charge all the electric vehicles with the infrastructure we have right now. Yeah, it's so just we need not... to build infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Right? We need to build infrastructure. Absolutely. 
And so, so we can start building that because oil's not going anywhere for the next 20 years from what I can see. You don't just turn off the switch and say we're not using oil anymore. It's no. going to be a long-term process to get off oil. And I agree with it. We need to get off oil. But it's not going to happen overnight. So if we're buying it from Saudi Arabia at 750,000 barrels a day, why can't we produce it ourselves and then sell the excess to the rest of the world, take that money, build the infrastructure, and while we're at it, we can also maybe give incentives to Canadians to buy electric vehicles with some of that money. Well, you know what? It seems logical, but uh, how often does logic enter the conversation? That's well, a problem, so, right? That's, our pro- that's the problem with our politicians. Now, I heard John Charest talking about it yesterday, and Paul Yev as well. I think they're, they're in line with using Canadian fossil fuels. But they didn't talk about where that money would go. Mm-hmm. They talk about using eth- ethical, ethical oil, which is what we have. There's no question we're the most eth- ethical country in the world. But that money needs to be pumped back into the system so that we can get off fossil fuels. But again, it's a long-term process, right? 20 years, maybe. And, that, and in that time, we can build the infrastructure we need. And we can get most Canadians to start buying these vehicles at a reasonable price with some discounts, with some, some uh, you know, say, say you get rid of the HST because the government's making all the money from the oil anyway, from gasoline taxes. So help the economy, help the people that live here and help the rest of the world by investing in what we have so that we can phase it out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, like you say, you know, maybe put some, also put some money back in pockets instead of uh, picking both pockets and turning the taxpayer upside down and yeah. making sure that you got every penny out of them. Well, exactly. But, and then again, Trudeau keeps talking about, oh, we need to transition to electric, 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 but he's not helping anybody do it. He just talks about it. And he's, he's such a hypocrite because you know what? Nothing that he says he ever does. So if, if, he, if he can actually give his head a shake and start thinking logically, we can actually make this work because we have everything we need. We have the interest, we have the resources, we have the people, we have the know-how. We just need some leadership to guide us there. And we have none of that right now. So hope to God that the Conservatives can put something together within their own party and we can get some real leadership in a couple of years. You mentioned about leadership. Uh, just bounce this off you before you go. Um, it looks like come uh, this weekend on Sunday that Brampton Mayor Patrick Brown's going to throw his uh, hat into the ring. What are your thoughts there, if you have any? Well, no. Uh, I don't know a lot about where, where what his platform is yet. I haven't really read up on it. I know that he backs Sheree, and he's a longtime fan of Sheree. Um, I, I, and I, I don't know a lot about Sheree, although he was liberal at one point. Now he's conservative. Um, I, don't, I don't know that I, I like Polyev because he's too far right for what this country needs. If Sheree could be more centrist, and if Brown um, would back him up with that, then in my mind, that's the way this country needs to go. We need to be center. We can't be left. We can't be right. Um, and we can't ha- we can't be uh, pie in the sky with all these dreams and wishes because none of that ever comes true. But some some logic and some some common sense could take this once great country back to where it needs to be to be a leader, and not just talking leadership, actually doing things. Mm-hmm. With with Trudeau flying around and getting all his photo ops, to me it's embarrassing because that's not what a Canadian does. He doesn't showboat. A Canadian does the hard work, okay, and is humble about it. That's what Canadians are. Rocky, I'm embarrassed with Trudeau as my leader. Rocky in Richmond Hill, thank you very much for your time. You can uh, you can sense the passion in your in your voice and in your words. And uh, thanks for sharing. And uh, let's see what the future uh, future holds. 
Thank you, Bob. Thanks. Take care. All right. Bye -bye. We bye for now. We've got now Ron in Guelph. Ron. Thanks for taking my call, Bob. <clears throat> Go ahead. Okay. Um, there's a couple of that last caller. Um, he's right about polar bear. That wasn't my word, but uh, John Shray probably would make a better choice or Patrick Brown for the conservatives right now. We need somebody that's more a centrist conservative than we do a far-right conservative. In terms of his talking about the energy, if we'd have done the due diligence, it was partly Biden who canceled the Keystone um, pipeline. That would have solved the U.S. problems. And if we'd have built the pipeline to the East Coast, we would have solved uh, the, all the Canadian problems. We wouldn't have needed any imported oil, would we? Mm -hmm. Well, who um, knows, but it would yeah, definitely have helped. The other thing I wanted to say was the gentleman, um, even though he was mentioned in the Air Force, NATO was built as a defensive um, atmosphere um, gathering. It was never meant, and their mandate isn't as an offensive one, which is why they haven't gone to the Ukraine so far. Now you say so. Now you say so far. Do you think uh, that could still happen? You know what i i don't I don't see it happening because I. I really don't think they want to in, and get involved because uh, Putin's just crazy enough that he might decide he might want to use a uh, nuclear deterrent. Um, I think that the um, right now um, I'm hoping that they um, that the Poles and the Americans can get together and supply the what's left of the Ukrainian Air Force with those. It's too bad those guys were all trained on MiGs instead of um, American planes. They'd have them right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, the other thing is that. What else can we do in terms of sanctions? That's what I really originally called for. What's left that we were sanctioning the oil? Unfortunately, Putin obviously knew that the Europeans were absolutely dependent on Russian oil and gas, which I guess he figured there's no way they're ever going to um, um, sanction uh, against those things. So what's left? Um, I'm just reading a story in the Star. Maybe we should sanction... Um, Ovechkin of the Washington Capitals and kick him out of the U.S. in the hockey. <laughs> as far as Russian players still uh, in over over here in North America earning a living, you're right. Well, yeah, I I, I just don't know what's left. We've done the banking. We've you know we're stopped some of the oil um, outside of the. Um, I mean, right now there was just a thing on the news where some Russians are fleeing um, Russia to get away from this. Mm -hmm. um, they're going they, to they Finland. They're going to Finland. A lot of them going to Finland, apparently. Well, they can still get through Finland. That's why. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm just, that's my general comment is um, what's left that the West can do to put the screws uh, farther onto Putin. And that's the let's let's put that out there to uh, to those who have not yet joined the conversation, uh, Ron and Guelph. And uh, what else? Is there left for the West to do here in the situation as far as Ukraine is uh, concerned? 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. Ron and Guelph, have yourself a great weekend. Thanks for, for being with us and sharing your thoughts. Okay, Bob Comsican for Libby's Nimer, Free for All Friday here on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, 96.7 FM downtown. More... Free for all Friday after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer, a free for all Friday. Step up, say your piece, and we promise not to interrupt. 
Just be lively about it. We have a lot of listeners hanging on your every word. Sitting in for Libby Snymer, here is Bob Comsick. And welcome back. And without further ado, let's go to Anne in Toronto, who's been patiently sitting, waiting her turn, listening to others. Well, it's your soapbox now, Anne. Hi, how are you? Good, you? Good. Um, I had a couple of things that came to mind listening to the others, but I won't go into that right now. One of the things I was wondering about, do you recall with the impeachment of Trump and when he was pressuring uh, Zelensky to carry out uh, demands about um, investigating uh, politically motivated investigations, in particular Joe Biden. And Biden and his and, son. and Yeah, uh, yeah and um, he, he withheld White House uh, meeting desperately sought by um, Zelensky and the critical U.S. military assistance to fight uh, the Russian aggression in Ukraine. I think it was about $400 million. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think eventually that was released, but like he treated Zelensky terribly and and had no interest in helping them at all. So they set them back quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Well, um, the other thing, too, is there's really only so much you can do. And you're absolutely right. When you, I've listened, been following quite a bit, the price for the price of fighting in the air or putting a no-fly zone with Putin um, because they have chemical warfare and they have um, uh, nuclear warfare. You wouldn't want to know what could happen after that. So they have to do what they have to do, I guess. But it's just too bad that they weren't a part of NATO by the time this all happened. But and the other thing, too, is I'm sure there's a lot more going on behind the scenes. Um, North America has this habit of having all these talk shows on and <clears throat> and wanting uh, the governments to release everything they're doing. Well, you're just playing into the hands of, uh, of uh, whoever your enemy is by, you know, revealing your plans going forward. I'm sure there's a lot more in the works behind the scenes that can't come out. And I I would agree with you there, because as one of our uh, callers earlier mentioned about, you know, being a poker player and how you play the game, I'm not a poker player either. But, yeah, you don't uh, signal everything in advance. Uh, You know, it's point and counterpoint. And uh, what I do depends on what you do, et cetera, et cetera. So it... um, yeah, you can only you can only do so much. You don't lay your your hand all out there, and you don't pull, put it push all the chips to the center of the table uh, immediately, unless it's a sure win. If I can add one more thing, sure. I've been following the news. I get the I get the digital uh, New York Times. It's only a dollar a week, and I was reading in the the Star today, and uh, there are articles from people who have friends or have contacts in Russia, and they're really starting to feel the sanctions. Sanctions take a long time to work, um, and there's only so much a government can do, and they have to have the cooperation of everyone. I'd worked in banking, and SWIFT, you know, that's huge uh, when they take away, you know, when they don't have their SWIFT code and they can't use that to move money because that's how globally things are paid all the time. And it took a lot of countries to also agree with that. It's the corporate 
um, withdrawals now that you can't force them to do that, but they're starting, they don't want to have anything to do with this. And um, there's, they're having problems. I think when they go, I think there's lineups when they go to their ATMs and uh, it's, it's starting to get through, but it takes time. It's only been a, it's been a long time fighting, but it's only been a couple of weeks um, when it comes to economic and uh, fallout of all of that. Does so this... I think we'll have to wait and see what happens there. That's just my opinion. Well, and it really does depend, doesn't it, on how much of this uh, registers with Putin, and is it enough for him to uh, to change to change course? You know, he talks about. Uh, his people, and by doing what he's doing, not only is he clearly uh, harming innocent people in the country next door, but what's he doing in the long run to his own people? Yeah, and I don't know what you've been reading, but in every, um, it, what I think is a valid um, uh, article in the papers, and there always comes out about how strange he's gotten lately how more how he has more isolated himself over the past few mm-hmm. years even from the lifestyle he once had mm-hmm. um he's just he, he's a uh, he's a loose cannon mm-hmm. he's and you uh, know i don't think anybody can get into his mind but you have to be very strategic mm-hmm. it's just a, a terrible thing that's all it is and, and hopefully we can get things done. So listen, have a nice weekend. Thanks for listening. Oh, uh, thank you for calling. You have a nice uh, weekend, safe weekend as well. And thanks for calling uh, Zuma Radio. Thanks, Ann. Yeah. Bye bye. Bye for now, Kevin in Guelph. Welcome. Hello. Yes, and your point points, please. My point is that uh, I wonder. I, I'd like to hear some comment about when the country amasses a hundred thousand troops on one side. And it's going to be a conventional conflict. Why didn't the nations put more uh, personnel up front and uh, dare Putin to cross the line at that time? And there would have been more uh, countries involved at that time. Instead of saying we stand with Ukraine, why weren't we standing up front there at that time? That's about all I have to say. Yeah. So you're saying why be figurative about it and be literal instead and uh, and and show the force that clearly Putin was uh, indicating with uh, with all the troops amassing along the, the shared border there. Yeah, we had some troops uh, in uh, Ukraine. And then soon as the conflict was looking brewing, we got out of there. <laughs> and I just think we should have uh, showed them at that time that uh, we meant business. Okay, very good. Kevin and Guelph, thank you so much. Have yourself a great weekend. Dan in Elmwood, welcome to Fight Back on Zuma Radio. Yeah, good day. Good day. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be any stopping Putin in Ukraine. The only way we're going to stop that guy in Ukraine is to hurt Russia enough with the sanctions, etc., that the people in Ukraine and the oligarchs take him out. And uh, once they take him out, we need to leave, leave the sanctions on. Uh, we leave the sanctions on until they've got two, uh, two free elections there, well. until they eliminate their nuclear weapons, and uh, then they take Putin's wealth, and that goes to, towards helping build Ukraine. And then beyond that, a percentage of Russian oil money uh, keeps going to Ukraine to rebuild it until Ukraine is rebuilt. 
Uh, I just don't think that Putin will stop. The only way to stop him is to take him out from within by, with these sanctions. These sanctions need to be tightened down and not removed until all that happens. Yeah, you have quite the wish list there. I'm not saying I disagree with uh, some or all of those things, but in terms of the sanctions, do you think that is going to be, are they going to be sufficient enough? And I, as Anne pointed out in Toronto just uh, before you came on there, and she was pointing out how these things do take time, sanctions take time, even though, unfortunately, lives are being lost, people are being hurt for no reason, and uh, their lives are being turned upside down, but... uh, to get the result that's needed, sanctions are the way to go, and we should stay the course. Yeah, a previous caller mentioned that it's already hurting. Uh, you know, they're the everyday Russians, and we need to hurt them bad. Unfortunately, we need to hurt them bad because they're innocent. Yep. But, uh, we need to hurt them and the oligarchs bad enough that they get rid of Putin from within. That's the only way we're going to fix things. And once we get rid of Putin, we need to get Russia turned into a free and democratic country and welcome them into the free world with open arms. And everything, it'd be so much better for the Russians, it'd be better for the world. Well, if that were ever to happen, I'd uh, dare say that would be headlining news for... uh for days, years to come, decades, generations to come, if that day ever came. Anyway, Dan... The stages need to be tightened up and left on there, so that does happen. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's one other thing. I got a uh, message from someone, uh, from a Russian in St. Petersburg uh, a couple days ago. I'd like to read it to you. It's just short. Go. I I want to say forgive us. We did not know anything, but now we all know. Pass it on to your world. That was the message. Well, that kind of is uh, straight to the point and the bottom line. And uh, again, Dan in Elmwood, uh, thanks for uh, for sharing that with us. And uh, may this end much sooner than much later. Anyway, thank you very much. Have thank yourself you. a great weekend. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Bob in Shelburne. Bob, thanks for hanging in there. That's Okay. Go ahead. Yes. Uh, hopefully David will beat Goliath again this time. But apart from that, <clears throat> when uh, so many years ago, when oil was $100 a barrel, gas was a dollar a liter. So something's wrong with that picture. Oh, yeah. And the last thing that I have to comment on, and that is the fact, I go to the Tim Hortons every day with some friends for, for coffee. I don't carry a cell phone with me and so on. And so I can't... I can't um, Get involved in, in this roll up your win because you got to take some picture or whatever about this little thing on the side of the cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's discrimination. And there's no way you can just literally bring it in, and, or I mean, take your cup and show no, it. No, so not... you can't take it home with you and oh. have my wife do it. It's it's there. So as I said, Tim Tim should should treat everybody equally and not just and not just some people. Okay, well, you know what? Let's uh, let's see if maybe somebody from uh, Tim's, maybe their, uh, yeah, their <laughs> Thanks, consumer Bob. consumer affairs department listening, and maybe take that under advisement. Bob and Shelburne, thanks. Have a great weekend. Okay, good. Take care, Linda in Burlington. Hi there. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Go ahead. Um, I just wanted to say that um, there's really not too much we can do, but. If we all say that um, we're Christians, then the only thing we can do is pray. And I know that that sounds religious, and I'm not religious. <laughs> I'm actually a fighter. Mm-hmm. But lately, I have actually given peace a chance. 
And you know what? Something happens. So I think you have a lot of power to say, let's maybe at one o'clock or two o'clock all say a prayer. If we believe in Jesus, like we all say we do, let's give him a chance. Just like John Lennon, mm-hmm. let's give him a chance. And you can say that to everyone that's listening that does believe in Jesus. We need him now, right? Oh, we, well, we, the world definitely needs something now, but uh, let's, whether it's that merely the the power of prayer or or whatever, but something clearly uh, needs to be done to to move the situation in Ukraine in the right direction. Linda in Burlington, thanks for your time. Have a great weekend. Okay, so much of the past hour we've spent, of course, on Ukraine and uh, dabbled a little bit with the the price of oil and uh, the price that you're paying at the pumps, but not much has been said about the fact. We're just starting to enter year three of COVID. You've got the mask mandates ending in about uh, 10 days time and more immediately in a matter of hours, well, Sunday at 2 a.m., you've got the clocks going ahead in an hour. Now, is that something that you like to keep doing, going the back and forth twice a year, or do you want to pick one of those and just stick with that year-round? Give us a call before uh, we head to the news with Chris Ross and the number ones that one that will follow here on Zoomer Radio, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-744-740. Maybe you'd care to uh, wrap up this hour and still uh, weigh in a little bit on the situation in Ukraine. We've heard from very Various people saying what they feel should have already been done, that hasn't been done, that needs to be done in order to uh, to get to the Russians in order for this to come to a close. So give us a call and let's uh, see if we can wrap things up with some thoughts from yourself as opposed to me having to finish the way I started this hour. And that's with a monologue and we don't want that. So anyway, let's see, we've got, is that, uh, no, I guess not. I'm seeing something pop up on the screen here, but I don't believe that, uh, that is, I think we just had that one on. So I guess 416-360-0740 or toll free 1-866-744-740. And we might have, uh, have somebody here joining us shortly. Zeev, do we, or are we going to, Okay, it appears we uh, we do not. All right, so we've got the situation in Ukraine. If anyone cares to still weigh in there, situation with uh, with COVID and uh, how the experts are telling us, even though we've got the the mask mandates being lifted in ten days, the experts are also warning us and cautioning us. It's not over yet. We're not at the endemic stage yet. We will be soon, but we're just not there. So still be cautious. Do you plan on being cautious? Anyway, we'll find out uh, not only uh, throughout the course of the the coming days, but weeks and months, just where you stand on the situation in Ukraine, as well as the relaxation of the public health measures as they pertain to COVID here on Zuma Radio's Fight Back with uh, Libby Snymer, who returns next week. However, we'll have Jane Brown in this chair on Monday. Have yourself a great weekend. I'm Bob Komsikin for Libby Snymer, the number ones at one, following the news on Zuma Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zuma Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.